Welcome to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog guardians. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm a certified professional dog trainer and I take my 10 years of training experience and I share easy to implement dog training advice with an emphasis on kindness and compassion. Welcome. I'm so excited to share more. Reactive Redefined, our three-month intensive coaching program, will reopen for enrollment on Friday, April 1st. You will have until Sunday, April 10th to join. Check out the show notes for more details. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. I have one of my lovely Reactive Redefined students with me today, and we're going to talk all about her and her adorable pit bull, Franny. So, Emily, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself for the listeners? Just tell them a little bit about you and her, her age, her breed, and where you guys are located. Okay, so Franny and I are located in Las Vegas. I am not from Vegas originally. I'm from the Midwest in St. Louis. Um, Moved out here, recently started working from home, which is why I decided it was finally time to get a dog. I've been waiting for years and years. Um, so Franny is a two ish year old pit bull. She's red and white and I got her from the shelter in September of last year. So I've had her for maybe six, seven months now. She's so cute. And she, she looks a lot like Waylon, but her like tan is a little bit more red. I feel like. Yeah. She's a little red. Like when we go out hiking in red rocks, she's just like a slightly lighter shade of red from all the red sand that she goes around in bless her. And she's freaking adorable as you all can imagine. Okay. So tell us more. So where did you adopt her from? So I got her from the local animal shelter, like the regular pound um, called the animal foundation in Las Vegas. So did you just go in and meet her that day and take her home? Yeah. So the way that they were doing things with adoptions when I was looking is they allowed you to only look at one dog for the day. And you had to wait in line. So you could get there right when they started, you know, checking people in. And then you had to wait however long until it was your turn. We ended up waiting about four hours. And I actually had my eye on another dog. Yeah, I know. It was crazy. So we waited four hours. I told them which dog I wanted to see, which wasn't Franny, by the way. And they said, sorry, he already got adopted. So I was going through, you know, the list of dogs that I had in mind. And the lady was really nice, went through a whole bunch of them, finally got to Franny. And she was like, well, we don't know anything about this one. She's been super scared. And that's about her owners surrendered her. And that's about all we know. And so I said, okay, cool. Let's get her out. (laughs) And that's kind of how it went. And she was great. And we brought her home. Oh my God. So how long had she been at the shelter for before you adopted her? Three weeks, more or less. Okay. And I'm sure she was just shut down AF from being. Oh my gosh. She, I remember actually walking by her kennel when we were doing a walkthrough when I first went and, you know, she just had her tail down. She was very nervous and kind of came up and looked at us, sniffed a little bit, wagged her tail. And that was it. Nothing huge, which is funny to think of because of how much energy she has on a daily basis right now. (laughs) Like, Oh man, if only I would have (laughs) known. Oh my God. I feel like so many people right now are laughing because they're like, yeah, 
I think that happens so much that like before we know a ton about like dog behavior, we like get the dog like, oh yeah, they're super chill. And they're like, oh no, you're not. You were just really scared. Okay. Well, as soon as we got her out of her kennel and started walking her around, we got her into one of those play areas and got some toys and she just did like a 180 and was playing and jumping and tackled my friend Dana. And I was like, okay, she's cool. I like her. Let's bring her. <laughs> Let's take her. I'm sold. Oh my God. I love it. Okay. So tell everyone just a little bit more about like those first couple of months, right? Like one adapting to having a dog and getting to know her and realize some of the things that needed attention. Oh my gosh. So I knew already the whole like three, three, three rule that they talk about. So the first few days I didn't really do anything with her. I kind of just let her do her thing and gave her a lot of space. I didn't even really pet her or interact with her very much unless she decided that she was going to. And then after that started to kind of, you know, bring her on walks and started to just kind of interact with her more. Um, I tried to introduce her to a couple of my friend's dogs, which hindsight was not a good idea. Should have waited a lot longer because I had no idea how she did with other dogs. And to be honest, my friend's dogs are just a little, one of them is a little reactive too, as I have found out. And had I, if I could do it over again, I probably would have chosen an entirely different setup and dogs to introduce her to at first. But I feel like we get excited, right? Like you want to like integrate her into your life, which is your friends and their dogs, right? Right. So I was like, oh, it'll be great. They'll be best friends. No, they weren't. They hated each other. And we haven't actually tried to reintroduce them. We've talked about maybe bringing them on a walk together. No, so we actually have like since talked about introducing them again. And our idea is to just like bring them on a walk together because we live within five minutes of each other. So we could feasibly bring them on a neighborhood walk and just give them plenty of space this time and see how it goes. Okay, so tell tell everyone a little bit more about like what happened with the interaction? She was, they were both just overwhelmed. Like, what did that look like? Right. So we went to the dog park. Um, it was nighttime, bad idea. And (laughs) there was like, I mean, she made a beeline for them. She was barking, they were barking and they did some like fence fighting because when we first got there, my friend had his dogs inside the fenced area and we were outside. And so they were like barking through the fence and they were like, okay, well, let's just bring her in and see how it goes. So I had her in, but I still had her on her leash because I had no idea how she was going to react. And I needed to, you know, be ready in case I needed to get her out of there. (laughs) And you know, she was trying to play and the other dog that we were, there were two other dogs. One was Pickles, who is like a slightly smaller Pitbull something mix. She's maybe like 45 pounds and Franny's 65, right? So Franny's a lot bigger, super muscly. And their other dog is a Yorkie mix who's super tiny. So Pickles, when Franny tried to play, was like, no, thank you, snapped, growled. And then Bean, the Yorkie mix, was just like terrified. <laughs> she just like immediately rolled up on, onto her back, belly up, and was like, please don't hurt me. I'm fine. 
you don't need to be doing that. And Franny, you know, she just gets really frustrated when dogs don't want to play. And I had no idea whether she was playing or whether she wanted to eat them. So I was super stressed. And we ended up just cutting our losses and going home. Right. And I feel like, yeah, I, I know that this happens to a lot of people because they usually call me the next day and they're like, so (laughs) I think we need a professional dog trainer. (laughs) Right. So the next, I feel like the next day or within the next few days, I had definitely done a lot of Google searching and read a lot of things online and was like, I need a dog trainer because I don't know how I'm going to do this. And I also cried a lot. I was just, it's overwhelming. And then you feel bad, right? Because like you were trying to make this really nice thing happen. And, you know, and then the other dogs were like kind of scared and it wasn't super great for her. And you're like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. So after that, I was like, I think we're just not going to interact with any dogs at all. In addition to the interaction with, with your friend's dogs that like did not go exactly go according to plan. Can you tell everybody like some of the other aspects of reactive behavior that you started to notice from her? So the thing that she did most and actually still does fairly often is she just stops and stares. And, you know, she like has that posture where she's leaning forward her tail is flagging. Her ears are like forward. Her wrinkles on her forehead are activated. And she just like full on stares and won't stop. And After a while, depending on what the other thing is doing, whether it's like another dog or children playing or somebody just walking to their car in the morning, she has varying levels of reactivity. And the biggest one that I remember happening early is there was one time when we were at the park with some friends And there were some kids that were playing wiffle ball and some people that were playing frisbee in the distance. And she just started barking and sounded super scary. And I was embarrassed because I was like, oh my gosh, I know you love people. Why are you doing this? And then I was like, everybody's going to think I have this vicious dog (laughs) when I don't. And I was like, I don't understand why she's doing this. Like, I don't know how to make her stop. I would just like straight up walk away and escape whenever it happened. And that's pretty much all I knew how to do at that point. Right. Like, I don't know what to do, but getting out of here seems like the best plan right now. Okay. So she was barking and losing it probably out of overexcitement. But at that point, you didn't really know why it was happening. Right. And I was... I just had no idea like why she was doing it or how to stop it. I just knew it was happening and that it was very disruptive and I wasn't sure, you know, what else she would lose it. (laughs) Right. Right. In reaction to, so I, I don't know. I knew very little about reactivity and I actually didn't realize that there could be reactivity without like some varying level of aggression involved. So this was like an entirely new thing to me. I was like, I don't know if she's aggressive, but she's it definitely kind of barking like, like it she right is. now. Like what's happening? And I think too, like when it comes to like the blocky headed dogs, the bigger dogs, I feel like people's perceptions of the dog and the stakes just get a little bit higher, right? Like mm-hmm. you're trying to muscle back like a 65 pound pit bull. I feel like that's when we really start to question, like, wait a minute, like, is this dangerous? Like what's going on? Here? <laughs> right. Yep. Right. <laughs> exactly. 
Okay. And then, um, so I know that like, you know, climbing and taking her climbing was like another aspect of your life. Did you see reactive behavior like in a setting like that? To be honest, I can't remember when I first took her out, but yeah, we definitely had some reactions when we were out climbing. And for the most part, it was because of other dogs that were out. When I brought her outside, she does great around other people. She's the perfect angel, but it's when other dogs start walking by, especially if they're off leash and just like in close proximity that she would just start whining and barking. And I was still unsure in the early stages, whether she was doing it because she didn't like dogs or if she was doing it because she wanted to play. I was just, I had no idea. So that was for a while I was debating, like, is it even safe to bring her out? I don't know. I'm not sure how to manage her behavior. And I don't want to be that person that's being disruptive out in in nature when everybody's trying to, like, enjoy a nice, relaxing climbing day. <laughs> right. <laughs> you don't really want to be that person. Well, and, you know, people who have pit bulls, you all understand the ridiculous noises that they are capable of, right? Like- yeah, she sounds like a high-pitched Chewbacca when she really gets going sometimes. <laughs> oh my God, dude, the snappy scream is ridiculous. Okay, so you got a crash course and like lots of different elements of her behavior that you didn't really know then were called reactivity, but then you kind of figured it out. Tell me, mm-hmm. tell everyone a little bit more about like what made you finally decide to join Reactive Redefined. So we had worked initially with a trainer here um, that we were doing one-on-one sessions with. She's really, really great, actually. Um, I love her. And she was very supportive, especially in like the early weeks when I first started working with her. Um, her name's Megan. She's wonderful. If anybody wants information and you're in Vegas, hit me up. Um, I <laughs> would recommend, especially if you want somebody that's doing like one-on-one in-person training, like super helpful. So we started working with her, um, did a lot of like reactivity stuff initially, and we were making really good progress. And I had also in the meantime, found your podcast, started listening to like every single podcast episode ever. (laughs) The disorderly dogs podcast became like my number one road trip thing to listen to. And that's how I spent like hours in the car driving to Bishop, California, which is like a five hour drive. I literally spent like 10 hours listening to the whole, like every podcast episode that I could. Oh my God. So, I'm so glad that I could be your road companion. Yeah, it was great. We had started working with a trainer here, um, made some really good progress with the reactivity and I just felt like I needed more support. And I felt like there was probably some more like advanced reactivity stuff and other training that we could be doing that I hadn't necessarily started yet. So that's kind of where I decided to pull the trigger. Oh my God. I love it. Okay. So um, can you outline some of the things that we talked about early on? So everyone listening, in case you aren't sure, the Reactive Redefined Group Coaching Program, you get three one-on-one calls in addition to the group calls. So we meet one-on-one. I take like a huge behavior history. I make sure I understand as much about the dogs as I can. And we formulate an initial training plan that we tweak. So early on, do you want to just kind of talk about some of the things that we talked about that maybe you didn't know before that have really started to to work out nicely for you guys as a team? 
So early on, we, since Franny already kind of knew the, like, look at that, and she was already pretty good about doing check-ins and, like, offering some walking along my side, we had talked about, you know, solidifying her cue for her heel to walk at my side when I need her to, and also doing it on both sides, which I think in the long term, she's still working on it. It's a work in progress. It's going to take a while, but she's been doing really well. And I think that it's going to be really, really good to have that as a skill, especially when we're passing people, when we're hiking. Right. Because you're not always going to be passing with somebody on your right side. And the traditional heel is like the left heel, which is the only one that we had been working on. Right. Right. And that was the point that I made, right? That like you had a beautiful foundation, but let's make some tweaks and add in some other things just for the realities of your life. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, right. You are out in the world where there are other dogs and you probably are going to have to pass them in closer proximity. Um, And, you know, I think that, I think we all get stuck in like heel means they do it on the left, but then we forget like, sure. But what if we need them to be on the right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then they have no idea what we're talking about. The other thing that was really great and that I have used every time we're hiking is her pull-off cue, which I love and everybody loves it. And we get so many compliments and I can tell her to go just off the trail. I can tell her to get up on a rock and then she just waits there and she gets some treats until I tell her to go. And I love it. And I will always use it. Yes. Oh my God. So simple, but so effective. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you could probably use it when you're just going out on normal walks too. Right. Right. Lots of good skills. Well, and you both had such a nice, like working relationship already, right? Like you understood the basics of positive reinforcement training. You'd been implementing that already. So it wasn't terribly difficult to like add in new skills because she Mm -hmm. knew how to like pay attention and take cookies. Like you had that foundation already. So it was easy to, to build on that. Right. I know that um, another skill that definitely does not come naturally to Franny is what we call stationing. Um, And I know that you've worked a lot on that behavior too, and you've been able to like take it to real life. Yeah. So she actually does a pretty good job when we're out because I bought her one of those. It's kind of like sleeping bag material. It's one of these dog beds that I just bring out every time we're going out and I will toss it on the ground. And that is her spot whenever we're out climbing for a day. If, you know, we're out somewhere else other than home, I just set it down. It's usually out climbing. And if it's people that are around, she now will go to her bed if I tell her and I don't have to be right next to her bed. I can be standing, you know, some distance away from her and tell her to go to her bed and she will and she knows exactly where she's supposed to go. If there's dogs there, I've like done some work just sitting right next to her bed and she still does great. So that's another skill that's been really nice, especially going outside. Yeah, oh my God. Well, and I think something that like we talked about early on, which I think you were basically already clear on, is that like the the emotional fuel for a lot of her behavior was not like fear, right? Like a lot Mm -hmm. of it she was just genuinely overly excited and she did not have coping mechanisms for that. Except for the like lungy stuff she was doing. She has some like superhuman, super dog. levels of energy and excitement and a lot of our training is just kind of like trying to harness that for the good and preventing her from 
doing all of those behaviors that she does when she gets frustrated. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, <laughs> and something else that I, we talked about a lot and continue to talk about was finding appropriate dogs who would match her energy level, right? Because it's not mm-hmm. that she's aggressive. She's just overly excited in the play, which just gets ridiculous really fast, right? Right. So, so I know you were able to like find a, a better match for her. Can you tell everybody a little bit more about like how that was different than like the first interaction she had with your friend's dogs? Yes. Okay. So we, we met up with my friend, Tiffany's pit bull who is 10 months old. And so she's a baby, she's a pity and she's such a sweetheart. I somehow just can't believe that she has less energy than Franny does, even though she's younger, but she knows she's a puppy. So she'll tolerate a lot more than like an old grumpy dog, which already has its play styles established. And so we went on a long walk with the two of them in a park and then we kind of let them run around and play with each other. And I think, you know, just the fact that it was a younger dog it was a blacky headed dog. So their play styles are similar just naturally. But then the other thing that I noticed, you know, was probably helpful is that we had already been doing a lot of training. I mean, this was maybe just a couple of months ago. So we already had a lot of time training and Franny actually listens to me a little better now when I need her she to, listens a know. lot better. I shouldn't downplay it. She's been doing really, really great. And, you know, if we come across a dog that she wants to interact with or she wants to play with and I tell her, no, we can't play and I redirect her to something else, she actually does, which before she wouldn't. So that's that's huge, (laughs) really huge progress. Well, and then like, um, do you want to kind of share? So I I watched a lot of the play videos, right? Like some Mm -hmm. of the play interactions with dogs who didn't love her as much and then the play interactions with dogs who did love her. Was that helpful, right? Just like have my feedback and a little bit more of like the narration of what was happening, like body language and communication between the two of them. That was invaluable information (laughs) because I had no idea before, you know, whether she was playing appropriately or not. I mean, she wasn't like being outwardly aggressive with other dogs, but like the one video that I uploaded of her playing with um, Carmia, my friend's shepherd mix. I was like, I know she wasn't into it, Carmia, but I also couldn't really tell if she had wanted, if she was interacting appropriately or wanting to play. And when we reviewed that and I finally got confirmation that no, she didn't want to play. And Franny was being you know, too much and just chasing her around and not stopping and also not taking breaks. So after that, I was like, all right, we're going to find her somebody (laughs) that she can play with. That's going to actually tolerate her Well, and And want to play. Right. And I think that like the blocky headed play style one is extra. It just always will be. But I think that like understanding that her intentions are not malicious. Is it overzealous for sure? But like Franny has no like aggressive intent at all. It's just, she comes in super duper strong. And I think that like, once you got some confirmation of that, it was like, okay, cool. So we could probably do this more and we can use the skill sets that we have and she can be redirected when necessary. But yeah, I find that like the blocky headed play style 
is very misunderstood. And I think mm-hmm. as a result of that, a lot of people just avoid dog interactions because they don't really know. And like a dog like Franny, bless her heart, she needs dog interactions. <laughs> yeah, she definitely her, does. She needs dog interactions. Agreed. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, so um, do you want to tell everyone what your, um, how you feel about the, the group calls, right? Because everyone, that's another big aspect of our coaching pro- program is that we bring reactive dog guardians from all over the world together and we meet and we talk and we watch videos. Tell, tell everyone more about that. I love the group calls so much. I keep thinking, I'm like, oh, they're going to end soon. <laughs> it makes me a little sad because it's so nice to you know, hear about what everybody else is working on and, you know, just get feedback about how everybody's doing and what they're working on because everybody's working on different things. We all have different dogs with different, you know, varying levels of reactivity and some are like dog friendly, some are dog tolerant, some are just, you know, don't want any dog interactions at all. And so, Having just like the wide variety and seeing, you know, what everybody's doing and I don't know, just like having the variety and also knowing that I'm not alone (laughs) is, is just really nice. Well, and I think too, like, I think from the outside people are like, well, if we're not working on the same things, what are we going to have to talk about? And you wouldn't believe how much you would have to talk about, even if you were not working on exactly the same training skills, right? Mm -hmm. Because right. Everyone's at a different place, right? Like none of the training plans are the same. That's why we meet one-on-one, but I think that there's so much to be learned. Like, even if you're not specifically working on it, like seeing someone else doing it, I think that there's still a lot to be learned from that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, okay. So tell everyone what, what is, what do you think like the biggest aspect of progress you have seen since you've been in reactive redefined with her? I feel like her threshold has gotten a lot higher since we started working with you guys because initially, I mean, so when we first started working on all of our training before reactive redefined, we had to be, I mean, 30, 40, 50 feet away from other dogs. And she would still be losing it and barking and whining and trying to get to them and trying to pull me over to them. And I would, there were multiple times when I was just walking away and getting very emotional and super stressed because of her behavior. And now recently we introduced her to, you know, this little old Scotty dog that my friend has, and he was not interested at all, but it was fine because she was right next to him and she was paying attention to me. And it was amazing. I was like, how are we so close? And she's just doing great. She's been rocking it. And I think that's probably going to be one of the most important lasting effects from all of this is that she can actually peacefully coexist around other dogs, which means that I can bring her out and we can go places and she doesn't have to be left out all the time. Right. Right. And I think that that's so hard. I think so much, so many of us feel guilty, like, 
I wish the dog could come, but they can't. But I feel like you have found this really nice balance where she has the skills and you know what you need to do for her to be successful. But you've also given yourself permission that like maybe climbing days, sometimes she just goes and hangs out at daycare. So you also don't have to worry about her, right? Like, I feel like you've struck a really nice balance there of like being able to include her, but also giving yourself permission not to include her sometimes. Right. There's times when I just think to myself, okay, well, I want to focus on, you know, climbing, trying hard. I don't really want to deal with managing her behavior right now. So I'm just going to leave her at home and, or, you know, find somewhere else where she can go. We don't actually have daycare right now. So most of the time I just leave her at home and she's okay at home and she doesn't destroy anything. She just chills out and sleeps. Which makes me feel a lot better because I know she's fine. I get to enjoy myself and we don't have to worry about dealing with behaviors for a day or for half a day. Okay. And we all need that, right? You love and adore Franny, but you also deserve to live your life without like worrying about Franny sometimes, right? So like, I'm glad that you, you have given yourself permission just for her to stay home, right? Like she's cool. She can just sleep on the couch. Everything will be okay. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice. Oh my God. Okay. So Emily, if you had to give one piece of advice to a reactive dog guardian who maybe recently adopted a dog and they're feeling hella overwhelmed, what would you tell them? I would just say, no, you're not alone. And if you've been thinking about doing reactive redefined, then I would say definitely do it. Like no hesitation. It's so helpful. Well, and I think it's like, I think it, it's so effective because one, obviously we give you like the practical skills, right? Like we literally tell you do this, this, and this, but then we also surround you with other people who get it. So you get that emotional support. And then we have you for three months. So there's that accountability too, right. To like really do the work and keep at it. And I think that that's why reactive redefine has been so valuable, right? It's because we put all of those things together, right? That like, we help you cope with the emotions, we give you the skills, and then you have that accountability that we're checking in every week for three months to make sure that you're doing the work and you're seeing the progress. Yeah, I think just having that community and having the access to like the Facebook group. I mean, I follow at least a handful of the other people on Instagram and we'll like check in to their stories and we talk about things just outside of the group calls and then having the group calls and the one-on-ones, like the whole structure of it is just so nice. And it's been super helpful. Oh my God. It has been so much fun. I freaking love watching Franny videos. (laughs) Okay. Emily, does Franny have an Instagram? She doesn't. Her Instagram is my Instagram, which is Emily Louise seven, eight, nine. Amazing. She's taken over. Yes. I love it. Okay. So we'll be sure to link that up in the show notes. So you all can connect with her. Emily, thank you for joining me and thank you for trusting me to be a part of your journey. All right, everybody. I know that CBD is a hot topic and rightfully so. There's a lot of misinformation surrounding CBD, but I tell you what, there's a lot of pretty amazing evidence for how amazing CBD can be for not only humans, but also for our pets. Uh, The ladies at VetCS were on the podcast recently. It was episode 148. Give it a listen. You will learn a lot. Um, But I use VetCS products for me. I use VetCS products for the dogs. And I 
tell you what, Tiva, as she ages, the CBD is just amazing for her arthritis and Waylon greatly benefits from the CBD too. So if you've been considering CBD for you or for your pet, check at vetcs.com and you can use code DisorderlyDogs for 10% off your first purchase. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you need help with your dog's behavior, you can learn more about our training services at agoodfeelingdogtraining.com. We post training inspiration and training tips almost daily over on the Instagram at agoodfeeling underscore NCO. If you like this podcast, we would be so grateful if you could share it with a friend or family member who could benefit from all of the information. Um, It's been a total delight. We love this podcast so much. And thank you so much for listening to Disorderly Dogs.